Welcome to the Christian Car Guy radio show, the talk show dedicated to helping Christians buy and sell cars by the book, not the blue book, not the orange book, but by God's book, the Bible. Call the Christian Car Guy with your questions, 1-866-34-TRUTH. That's 1-866-348-7884. What does being a Christian have to do with buying a car? You're about to find out. Here's your host, Robbie Dillmore. Oh, today is our annual Christian Car Guy Christmas extravaganza. I have been excited about this show since the Lord kind of gave me the idea a few weeks ago. But this particular show, every year we try to get our team together, a number of the team. We have got the amazing Dr. Sonny. We have the incredible Jerry Mathis. And we have the spectacular Mike Westwood are all joining us today in this celebration of our Lord's birth But the big part, the one we're really excited about is you, the one that's listening right now, because we're asking you to call in today and tell us, when did Jesus hold you as is referred to in the Song of Songs? Chapter 2, verse 6, it says, his left hand is under my head and his right hand embraces me. And you might be going, well, what are you talking about, Robbie? Well, you know, I've been reading... John Owens, communing with the triune God, and I've been trying to understand communing with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Well, for those of you who know me well, know that my favorite book in the Bible is the Song of Songs. Well, judging by his book, I think it's John Owens as well, because, you know, the first last few weeks I've been reading about the Father's love, but when it comes to the Son, John Owens goes right to the Song of Songs time and time and time again. And last Friday, as I was on the plane, I was reading what he said about communing with Jesus through his left hand is under my head and his right hand embraces me. And all of a sudden, it just, I mean, my heart really wanted to leap out of my chest as I was thinking about the time when Jesus held me when I got crushed between the two Jeeps. For those of you who don't know that story, I was (laughs) just finished my last chemotherapy treatment for lymphoma, went to the Jeep Jamboree, up in Murphy, North Carolina, and uh, as I was standing at the back of my Jeep, we were supposed to be unlocking our hubs. The guy behind us, or up the hill from us, had gotten out of his Jeep and didn't set his emergency brake, and he left it out of gear. So his Jeep rolled down the hill, crushed me between the two Jeeps, nearly severing my left leg. And it was at that moment, you know, it, 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 I, I, I have no way of explaining this to anybody, but I knew that I was in real trouble because you couldn't get an ambulance up there. They couldn't airlift me. It was, in the, it was up in the mountains. And Jesus came, and I got this special. And, and I have, you know, that's the best way I know to describe it. His left hand is under my head, and his right hand embraced me. And, you know, when the paramedics got there, which took nearly an hour because of where we were in the mountains, I didn't feel any different when they hit me with the morphine because I already was feeling no pain because his left hand was under my head. I will never, ever, ever forget that time that Jesus held me. So my question to you, and what I'm really, really excited about everybody sharing today, is when did you get that kind of Jesus hug? When did you share in that type of communion with Jesus it is, we are celebrating his birth, but if you've had that kind of experience, you do not walk away from it the same. And if you call in today, 
guess what? You're going to get the Dr. Sonny bookmark. And Dr. Sonny, what a cool topic, isn't it? It is indeed. Uh, and first of all, I want to thank you for that SPF 50 that you sent me. I'm here in San Diego, and it's going to be about 85 today. <laughs> so it, it'll keep me from being sunburned. Now, you have to know that he saves this stuff every summer so he can mail it to me for Christmas so I don't get sunburned out here in San Diego in the winter. And so what a sweet man. Um, you want me to read the urgent recall notice today? It's a Dr. Sunny bookmark. If you call in and tell us your when did Jesus give you that special yeah, will you d- give us the Reader's Digest version, uh, version Dr. Sunny? Well, when you, when you be- get a new car, sometimes some things... Uh, need adjustment along the way. Like six months later, you may get an urgent recall notice from the car dealer saying, well, the the right front spring on your car, now that we've had it out on the road for six months, you know, 100,000 of them, we have found that uh, the nut needs to be tightened uh, on the top maybe two more turns than normal. And so you get a little recall notice, and you bring it back into the owner. Well, God has his own recall notice, and he wants to renew your heart. Because uh, the heart, as in Jeremiah, who can know it? I mean, you, you, when you become a Christian, you don't fix the heart. You have to have it regenerated. And so this is a recall notice from God. It basically says uh, he's recalling all, all uh, human beings. The heart needs to be renewed. And uh, Jesus will come and bear the entire cost for renewing your heart. And then once it's renewed and restarted again in the spiritual sense, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside and downloads uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithness, general, gentleness, and self-control. And if you don't do it, at the end of your life, you have to go on a scrap heap somewhere in a hot furnace. Yikes! And then all the Bible books are on the other side. So it's kind of a, an interesting way of telling you you need to have your heart regenerated. That's right. And we want to give one of those to you when you share your story by calling in 866 866- Three four eight seven eight eight four. We want to hear for you were in your life at this point. You needed that special touch. I don't know how to put it other than that. We would love to hear your story. Eight six six three four eight seven eight eight four. Now, Jerry, you've got one of these. Jerry, our Christian Body Shop guy, he's sitting across from me in the studio. And Jerry, you got one of those in your life, didn't you? Oh, absolutely. And at and, you know, as we talked before we went on the air, you know, it's that moment when you know in your heart of hearts that God was focused, that our Lord and Savior was focused on just me. And uh, mine started, it's sort of, and I'm going to really try to do the uh, condensed version because it's hard to even, but I had been in church. My mother, I mean, one of the most godly women I know, always had me in church and it was times when as you get older you think you know you have all that and that that's that's your dna but you sort of drift out of it but for, but i started going back to church from my brother and, and jeff speaks i started going to pinedale christian church where they also had a just built a new family life center a gym and 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 at the time i mean i love playing basketball so that sort of got me back and got me from the back door to the front door but all that was doing was really just preparing me i was married a wonderful wife but uh we had some complications during our our daughter's birth and there was 
a time when the doctors came in. I mean, she was in labor uh, three months early uh, for about, I think it was nine or ten days uh, from the emergency room up to, to labor and then back and forth. And they ended up deciding to have to move uh, the emergency room up to the uh, delivery room. And at that point, they had told me that there was probably 10% chance that my wife would live and only 20% chance that the baby would survive. Um, through that process, I was all of a sudden through people that was put in my life at that time. I mean, this church body didn't know me anything, but they knew that, that, that I needed them and they needed, and I needed to see Christ through them. So they, you know, the elders of the church and the, and the deacons and, and, and they just came and sort of gathered around me and I saw Christ through them. And all of a sudden we were in the in the room and the day had finally came and it was a day I was dreading because it didn't sound too good. But as we we're sitting there and they had all these specialists in there, all of a sudden I knew that everything was going to be all right. I, I I knew it. All of a sudden it was just like God whispered him, just just came down and whispered in my ear, Don't listen to him. I've got your back on this. We're going to survive this and just there were there was something that as you mentioned in the in your article, it's something that you can't describe. And it's something where all of a sudden I knew that I was the focus of Jesus Christ, of my Lord and Savior. It didn't matter what was going on in the world. He was focused on me. He was focused on my wife and he was focused on that, 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 that baby girl. And she gave birth to a, a three pound little girl that's now a cheerleader at Liberty University and home for Christmas and and yeah, we still have some complications and stuff. My wife struggles with some things, but hey, I know God is in control, and I know that, man, that was something that all I do in life is the fact that it also ministered to me that I've also got a purpose. I've got a purpose to be a follower of Jesus Christ, and through everything I do, if it's at, at work, at Ray's Body Shop and Record Service, people that come through the door I need to be Christ at some form to them, and I need to make sure I'm, I'm, I wear my I do wear my faith on my sleeves. And, and, and being up here and being with you, Robbie, and seeing your story and how, how God has unfolded that path. And I, and, and I think about Bill Mixon and Bob oh, Young yeah. and, and, oh, I, we, and Bill Kratz, and I keep going on and on. We need you to call us with your story. <laughs> 866-348-7884. And I got to tell you, there's going to be a little seven-year-old girl singing, Oh, Holy Night, this is it. ChristianCarGuy.com. You got to go to ChristianCarGuy.com. These stories are there. This video, it's coming up right after the break.
that whole video is at uh, christiancarguy.com. You have to see this seven-year-old girl. It, 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 I know it's going to make Mark. I sat there and bawled like a baby because when she said, see the angels singing, I mean, oh, my word. And, and as I was telling Jerry and looking at that video, you can literally see God's pleasure in the, the gifts that he's given that little girl. And then, you know, she just shrugs her little shoulders. <laughs> she blows the producer a kiss. And, and you could just see it's like, She's totally amazed that this is coming out of me, and, and it's just it, 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 it's, it's one of the more touching videos. And again, we're going to play more from it in, in another break. But it's just one of the Christmas presents God's given me this Christmas. He's given Jerry's story to me, but I know he's got another present for me. That's your story that you're going to call in and share. When did you get that special touch from Jesus? 866-348-788. Eight, four. You know what's on your heart. You know he touched you. Call in and tell us. I know you're out there driving around. It's crazy Christmas. All this stuff's going on. We want to be blessed by your story. 866-348-7884. Now, we also have Mike Westwood. He's in San Antonio today, uh, our Christian oil guy. Mike, you had one of those special touches too, didn't you? Well, I did, but... Uh uh, there's a special touch that you're not aware of, and this happened uh, when my wife had gone in for her second catheterization uh, to make sure her heart plumbing was good. She's a bleeder by nature, Robbie, and the first time she went, we had quite a bit of trouble, and it was pretty frightful. The second time, we were in there, and as you know, they have to have the compression for an hour to make sure it's okay. We were 59 minutes, and it started bleeding. They took it. They took the bandage away, and it was squirting blood out about two inches high. And I just became a panicked, totally panicked person. I was really just outside of myself. And I didn't know what to do. I just, thoughts of her dying and everything went through my heart, through my mind. I was really lost. I started praying, and and I, I I was just so emotionally distraught that prayer wasn't working. So I picked up the phone. This is about midnight. Called my pastor. He, he was there so fast. It seemed like it was just seconds. He put his hand on my shoulder and his hand, other hand on Pam's shoulder, and he started praying. By this time, the person holding the pressure had been nearly an hour. And he said, if we don't stop it now, we're going to have to get a doctor in here and do something. Well, our pastor prayed, and a calmness started to come over me. I could see the worry leaving my wife, and the bleeding stopped. And I, I just knew that God was holding me because I was just so fearful of losing my best friend, my lover. And, and it was just the most awesome moment I've ever had in my life. It almost felt like an out-of-body experience because what he, what God did, I just knew I was being held in his hand. It was just, it was far more than what I went through with the cancer and everything else. That that was just a very emotional. I have tears in my eyes right now. Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> We're right with you, Craig. We're trying to hold it together here, personally. But I mean, I, I mean, Mike. 
Uh, Mike, God bless you. I, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate your friendship, your testimony. We have got Craig in Salt Lake City. He's got one for us. And with, Craig, we appreciate you calling in so much and being up early this morning. What what have you got for us? Thank you, and uh, good to talk to you guys. Um, when I was, mine happened right at my conversion because it was my conversion. Um, I had uh, gone through life. I was in my forties till I'm in my forties, so recently, recently new. But uh, I'd been I'd been agnostic um, most of my life, not really believing, not really knowing what what to think about everything and uh and my wife had um got pregnant with twins and they were born at 20 weeks which was too soon to try to save them and uh they uh they were born and we got to hold them for about oh, 10 15 minutes as they as they passed on and and after that, um, I was feeling just a a certain sense of peace, something that I wouldn't expect to feel. And I was doing a lot of pondering, a lot of um, just kind of questions. I was alone, and uh, and I just kind of said a little prayer, and I said, you know, it went through my mind, the footprints in the sand, and and I just said a little prayer, and I says, "Do you know, God, if there's ever time that you're going to be with me, this would be it. And if you could, just let me know, and let me know, um, in a sense that I that I know this is not just my brain feeling feeling good, you know. And uh, and immediately this this force went through me and says, "This this is how I talk to you, Greg." And and all of a sudden, a lot of things about about what I believed had changed. And at that point, I started I started reading the scriptures a lot, and and just I had this great sense of peace with me. And uh, and since then, I've I've been a believer. But the story actually gets a little bit better because um, my wife and I continued on. Um, she got pregnant again with twins oh, wow. and uh and she she gets put in the hospital at 23 weeks again oh my and uh and i go there that day and i'm like i'm praying i'm like what is this about god i'm <laughs> i converted i believe <laughs> and he's and this you know what uh, um the scripture goes through my head that the power of God is going to be shown here. And the doctors were were preparing, or my wife and I, that... Well, Craig, we got to go to a break. So we're okay. going to hear what happened with those twins when we come back. But we got to hear your story. We really want to hear it. 866-348-7884. When did Jesus give you that special touch? We're celebrating Christmas that he could come down to earth and we can all get this. Call us. We're dying to hear your story. 866-34-TRUTH.
love came down at Christmas time, and because of that, we've heard Jerry's hug, we've we've heard Robbie's, we've heard one from Mike, and now from Craig. But we haven't finished the Craig story, but we need to hear from you. We know you got one, and we want to hear it. 866-348-7884. Really, we'll get you on. We want to hear. What a blessing it be to hear. I mean, just is. think about how you bless other people. It's yeah, it'd be something we will never forget. It's your Christmas present of the Christian Car Guy Show. You call us. But, Craig, bring us back. We're in the hospital. The doctors are saying this is going to be tough. 23 weeks. What happened? So, yeah, they're preparing us. They're, they're saying, you know, do you want us to even save them when they come? Um, we're going to keep them in there as long as possible. But um, but they're not they're – not, it's not going to be long. And, uh, and so – so my wife sits in the hospital, and 24 weeks goes by, which was a big milestone. At that point, they're almost they're they're pretty viable, but there's still complications, and we just follow it week by week. And we get to 30 weeks, and they're like, "Okay, everything is safe. If you have them now, um, we we can save them." And so they're going to send her home. She comes home, she she's on bed rest, and uh, and the weeks still keep going by. At 20, 28 weeks, they actually had to induce her to bring those babies to us. Wow, at thirty-eight, Perfect. at thirty-eight weeks. And what are their names? Eli and Ella. <laughs> They're my babies. Craig, you have blessed us today. God bless you. Thank you so much for calling in. What a great story. God bless and you. And God, love did come down at Christmas time. And he, and he came down. Jesus found me. That is so awesome, Craig. God bless you out there in Salt Lake City. God bless you. All right. We got Dennis calling in from Greensboro. Dennis, you're on the Christian Car Guy Show. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm so excited about the topic of discussion this morning, and I'm thankful to Craig for Craig's testimony because sometimes, for whatever reason, I get so rushed with all the things I've been through in life when I hear about one specific time that I have to confess that Christ uh, was there for me, I get kind of nervous, and I can't remember any one specific time, but hearing his testimony, hearing Craig's testimony reminded me of one true time when Christ held me, and if I could share that with you, it would be a great blessing. Um, I was reached a point in my life where I was really just searching for answers. School had failed me. I had failed school, and um, I had gotten my girlfriend pregnant also. Um, I didn't know what to do. We were at odds at the time the child the child was conceived. And um, something just told me to go back to the Bible. So I did that, and um, I went to my Bible that I received when I was baptized at five years old. Wow. And by this time, I was uh, 20, 22 years old, and it was pretty well worn. So I'm trying to speed up here. So um, I was just flipping through the Bible, and uh, the pages, some pages are missing. And I opened up, because of the great divide that's in the Bible, because of the amount of pages that were missing, to Psalm 127. And in my Bible, um, because it was so worn and so many pages were missing, only the first three verses were available for me to read. That was all I needed. Where it says, um, unless the Lord build the city, the keeper uh, waketh in vain, uh, waketh in vain, or the watchman waketh in vain, and so on. Uh, it just goes on to in, uh, reiterate the fact that unless... God is, is, unless you allow God to take control of your situation, 
everything that you do to try to manage your situation will be in vain. So I gave the situation of my girlfriend's pregnancy to him. And ever since then, he has blessed me and kept me. But in that moment, in that moment of me taking the time to read those scriptures, taking the time to open that Bible that only allowed me to see the first three verses, because it wasn't until years later, uh, after revisiting those scriptures in a different Bible, that I noticed that there were more verses to the scripture. <laughs> um, thought, that was the short Psalm, the 27th year. I'm, I'm telling you, and that, that, that made it that even more affirmed God's hand upon me in that moment. Well, showing me only those three verses, and I, I, I'm just so thankful. To and God you know what? I am so thankful myself for your, I mean, for your authenticity to call a Christian show and talk about things like that. But guess what? We all have sin in our life, and Amen. and I and I'm so thankful that you called in and shared that because the last thing we want people listening that have never listened to Christian show before, you know, these people aren't perfect. They have rough edges just like I do. And I heard this amazing story this week about St. Jerome, Dennis, and I'll never forget it. It rolls around in my soul, and your story reminded me of it so well. That Have you ever heard of St. Jerome? I hadn't either. I anyway, St. Jerome apparently lived back in the St. days. <laughs> we still well, have he's a smart man, i got to tell you. <laughs> and he went to Jerusalem I, as part of his, his, his learning to be a saint, I suppose. And uh, he had a special dream where Jesus came to him. And he went and he got all his money together in this dream and he laid it at Jesus' feet and Jesus said, Jerome, I don't need your money. Mm. And so he went and got all his possessions together. And I'll never forget this. And he laid it at Jesus' feet, which he might expect. And Jesus said, as I would have expected, Jerome, I don't need your, I don't need your possessions. What blew me away and will blow me away throughout this Christmas, one of the Christmas presents I got this year is what, what Jesus actually said to St. Jerome. I was going to expect him to say, well, I want your heart, but that isn't what Jesus said. Jesus said, I want your sin. Oh, Lord. Yeah. That's what he wants. And so many of us, we put on our Sunday school outfits, we put on our Sunday school stuff, but we leave the sin out that we're really dealing with every single day. But what Jesus came to set us free, to set the captives free, is for us to give him our sin. How cool is that? And your story reminds me of that, Dennis. God bless you, brother. I appreciate you calling in so, so very much today. Well, I do have this other story I need to share that's at ChristianCarGuy.com that goes along with a little video of the girl. And it's another one of my stories, but I need to share this because I learned something about this this week. And see, on the way back from a funeral in 1999, I got this unbelievably bad headache. And it was sort of a strange, sick headache. And it just got worse and worse. And it got to where any time I've moved my head quickly, it felt like my brain was in a vice. And the searing pain would literally drop me to my knees. It hurt so bad. So as usual, my wife carried me to the doctor. And they did a CT scan, and this was three years after my lymphoma. And they found that there was inflammation in the meninges part of your brain. That's kind of the lining around it. And they thought, uh-oh, his lymphoma's come back to his brain, or maybe he's got meningitis. And so they decided to do something called a brain biopsy, which, by the way, is something you don't ever want if you can avoid that. By all means, you do that. But the brain biopsy is basically they, they need to go into your brain. And that's not just a little needle. They take a pretty good little chunk out of your skull. Well, when the surgeon did the, did the biopsy, he put a titanium plate back where the hole was in my skull. 
And the really bad news was that plate carried a staph infection. And after the surgery, I thought, you know, they didn't find anything in my brain. I'm sure you're not surprised at that, are you, Jerry? (laughs) There wasn't anything there. there. (laughs) But even after the surgery, the wound continued to ooze. My headaches get getting worse and worse. And not knowing the infection that was brain, you know, getting my brain, I went to the doctor. They said, "Well, there's probably some swelling. We'll put them on steroids." Well, my wife will tell you that this, <laughs> this, this led to no little amount of embarrassment for her because I insisted on going everywhere. It did not do wonders for my personality, which is already a bit straining. And uh, Tammy and I are a bit of an unusual couple to begin with because I'm six foot five and she's five feet tall, so we kind of look like Mutt and Jeff to begin with. But now add to that that I had what my friends affectionately called a bozo haircut because they had taken the hair off the middle of my head. <laughs> And so, and my hair is long and curly anyway, so it was kind of sticking out. And a friend of my good friend of mine said, "Oh, what's up with the bozo cut?" So here I was going everywhere with her, with this crazy haircut. Well, then comes the stuff of legend. There was a, a because I was in such a bad mood all the time. There was a little league baseball game, and with I with me on steroids, I had no toleration for anything that was going on. And my son was about nine, and my daughter was about eight, and they were just learning how to pitch, and so. You know, they were calling balls and strikes. Well, my side of the story, now I've heard other sides of the story, but the way I remember it (laughs) was the score was 28 to nothing because we had never gotten to bat because the pitcher had walked literally 31 batters in a row, in my opinion. (laughs) My wife disagrees with that, but it seemed to me it was 31. And all I know is I couldn't take it anymore, and I just started screaming at the top of my lungs right there in front of everybody. If you walk one more batter, I'm going to eat the grass of the entire outfield. And you can imagine this crazy man with this bozo haircut screaming out there in the ball field. So I don't really remember much after that, but they escorted me off the ball field. <laughs> My wife put me in bed. And the next morning, they rushed me to the emergency room and because they saw that they did another CT scan, saw that there was an abscess in my brain. And so they had to remove the titanium plate. And they were having trouble with something in the operating room that they couldn't get access to. So they put me in sort of this holding area. Well, I've had some pain in my life. I really have. I've had kidney stones. Of course, I talked about being crushed earlier in the show between the two Jeeps and all that entailed. But honestly, nothing could possibly compare to having your brain, for me, having your brain swell with an abscess, you know, inside your skull. And they gave me every kind of painkiller that you could imagine, but nothing was helping. And I really thought, this is it. I am going to lose my mind because I cannot take anymore. And for the second time in my life, I knew Beyond the shadow of a doubt, Song of Songs, 2-6, his left hand is under my head, and his right hand embraces me. Just when I thought I was at the end of my rope, a nurse came in. Her name is Ramona Sechrist. And I knew Ramona. She was in our Sunday school class, and God had her there for such a time as this in my life. All she did, really, was sit quietly beside my bed, similar to your pastor, Mike. She just sat there, and she held my hand. And I have to tell you, that I knew that God had sent her, and I knew it was him holding me. Only this time, the different from the time with the Jeep, he held me through the pain. You, you hear what I'm saying? The last time when I got crushed between the Jeeps, he took away the pain, but this time he held me through the pain, kind of like, you know, you hear he pulls you from the fire or he lets you walk through the fire like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and I can't really explain this except those people that have called in already and shared their stories is that 
there's something miraculous and hard to explain, but when you've had that kind of touch from God, you, you know what I'm talking about, that this was a miracle that he allowed me to go through that. And, and Ramona was there as, for such a time as that. Well, I came out of the surgery, and really a battle for my life ensued because the abscess, they couldn't get it out of control, under control. And I did have that moment, which would later come in very handy in my life, when they came and they told me, Robbie, you probably only have about 24 hours left. We're going to hang this last antibiotic, and if it doesn't work, you're not going to make it. And I can remember all that, and again, if you read a lot of my articles, you'll find where that moment in my life came in extremely handy later on when I had to face a friend who was dying, and I'd had that experience. But as you know, I made it. I'm here, right? And I have no unusual scars other than a really cool hole in my head that when the kids come out, you know, my grandkids, whatever, they, Grandpa, let me feel the hole in your head. <laughs> <laughs> I may have a hole in my head, but my faith is stronger than ever. And that's what we're talking about today. His right hand is under my arm. His left hand embraces me. What was your experience? Share that Christmas joy with us, 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. Now, Dr. Sonny, I know you've got one yourself, don't you? Well, I do, uh, but what I wanted to take a, a moment, and, and you know I do acronyms. Yeah. <laughs> and without what we've heard every day, uh, we hear all the time, there won't be a test. We heard these testimonies today. And without a test... There's no testimony. I mean, if you think about that, every testimony today has been some kind of testing. And so if you can remember, along with Psalm, uh, uh, um, Song of Solomon there, T-E-S-T, be transformed every day by the Savior's touch. Be transformed every day through the Savior's touch. Oh, I love that. All of us have been touched during and transformed during pain or some kind of suffering or that young man that lost his first set of twins. What's nice about it, he's going to see them in heaven. Those two little children will meet up with the other two little twins and they'll have a great, you know, a great time. Oh, Dr. Sonny, we got to go to a break. We've got Dr. Sonny's story. We've got two more callers calling in, so we're going to hear theirs. I know you got to sit tight for this. And guess what? That little seven-year-old girl's going to finish that song for you. I'm going to let it play a little bit longer because you do not want to miss this seven-year-old singing Oh Holy Night. Stay tuned. There is so many blessings coming your way.
for those of us who have attended Calvary Baptist Church over the years in Winston-Salem, we had a pastor, Pastor Quartz, and when he sang that song, of course, that's an angel singing it, and you can see that at ChristianCarGuy.com. That's one of our presents to you, or that she, that God gave us, basically, but Dr. Quartz was a present, and when he sang, Oh Holy Night, well, that song will always be special to me, because when he sang, Surely he taught us to love one another. You felt like Jesus himself was singing that song to you. So go to ChristianCarGuy.com. Enjoy that. Enjoy the Jesus Labor Love stuff that's there. All the, the article, in, in, in uh, we would certainly welcome you to join our ministry team. But we left Dr. Sonny. We had still not heard his particular story. We would love to hear yours. We'll try to get it in quick, 866 Eight eight four. When did you get a special touch from God, Doctor Sonny? Well, when I was uh, I'm 64 now. When I was 44, um, the bipolar gene erupted out of my body, and uh, I am bipolar. And it hadn't given me any trouble until I was about 44. I was successful in my career and all that. Then all of a sudden, bang! It came along, and everything fell apart. And I lost everything, and I was in a condominium here in San Diego for 30 months, just me and the Lord. And one guy brought me food every day at noon. I ate one meal a day. I lost 100 pounds. I slept one hour a day for 30 months. For 30 months, I slept an hour a day. That's it. It was me and God, 23 hours a day for two and a half years. And I basically told him at the end of the two and a half years that I couldn't take it anymore and just to take me. And it just happened to be Good Friday when I talked to him. I didn't even realize it. And I went to sleep at noon on Good Friday. And I woke up Easter Sunday morning, and it, it, it was gone. I slept six hours, then eight hours, got back to 250 pounds. This was in 1999. Got called to the ministry in 2007 and have had a ministry now for five years. I should have died three or four times. There was nothing left. But the Savior had me in his arms. And he used the Easter weekend to show me that I would be born again. Incredible. It is. Merry Christmas, Dr. Sonny. Merry Christmas, Mike. We appreciate you being on with us so much. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it out in San Antonio. And a Merry Christmas to you, Jerry. This was a great show. We knew it would be. Oh, it always is. And a Merry Christmas to you, Robbie. Thank you for your heart. Thank you for Amen. your love for Jesus Christ. And each and every one of you, Merry Christmas. Yes, to all of our listeners. You guys are the ones that always make the show. All the amazing calls we've had in 2012. Absolutely remarkable, you know, unforgettable year for, for testimonies, people calling in on how Jesus has impacted their life. Hey, you're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com.